Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. The team just got back from Austin, where we were checking out the city, uh, went to MotoGP, primarily checking out Rogan's new club, the Comedy Mothership, and I'm telling you right now, that is the best comedy club I've ever been to. The professionalism of the staff, the absolutely hilarious shows that we got to watch, um, they have yonder bags there, so you gotta put your phone in a bag, which gives the comics ultimate freedom, which is such a great idea. Mitzi's bar is off to the side, and it's just such a dope spot. Really, everything about the way Rogan has that club set up, I just couldn't find a fault in it at all. It was brilliant. What did you think, Todd? Uh, I think there was one fault. I got to say, the $8 waters, when they don't tell you that the waters are 8 bucks, that was my only gripe about the place. Everything else, like you said... Amazing, awesome, wonderful. Well, if you look on the menu, you can get a $4 soda. Okay. And be richer. I mean, they were those, uh, what are those waters? The, uh, the Liquid death. Liquid death. It was pretty good. I mean, it's from Austria, so yeah. it did But we were on well. vacation, bro. We are on look, vacation. It was, Treat it, was, it was unreal. Don't nickel I, and dime me right now. I had so much fun at the mothership. Can't wait to go back. So good. Guys, I'm telling you, if you're a fan of Rogan... And you love comedy, which I'm sure you do. That is a pilgrimage you have to take. Terry Blacks was off the chain. We did a, um, an episode a special for that trip, uh, but we accidentally had some Kill Tony spoilers in there. And Tony did say, don't talk about the show until it's released when we were at Kill Tony. So we will not be releasing that one until that Kill Tony show comes out. But stay tuned. On with this show. You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. All right, let's get into it. Who do we have? Jason Everman. What an interesting character that guy was. Yeah. Played with Nirvana and Soundgarden. Holy shit. Pretty cool. Man. Yeah, bass. The bass. The the bass. Slapping the bass, man. Slapping the bass. Mm. I wonder what that's like for him, you know, seeing how absolutely massive and legendary Nirvana got, like... You know, and and he's off, you know, in the military then. Yeah. Right? Didn't he join up like 93? So I, yeah, he's kind so. of on his new journey. And don't get me wrong, badass. I mean, what was he, Green Beret and Ranger? Yeah, and look, I think he, he is excited about that journey. He was, he, I think he was ready. Obviously, he was ready to not be a, a bass player in a band anymore. I think the Soundgarden one kind of hurt him more than the Nirvana one did, right? Yeah. Seemed like it. Yeah. That, I mean, he, he wasn't too bothered about the Nirvana one. That was just like a cool experience, I think. Seemed like it. And But two massive bands. Legendary. And then goes off to be, you know, like an actual warrior. Just, holy shit. I feel like when he's back, he should start writing songs. Imagine the stories he has now. I'm sure. Well, he was pretty humble about his experience in Afghanistan. He didn't talk about it too much. Uh-uh. Even when Joe was bringing up the heroin thing, he was trying to kind of skirt through that one and not say much. 
That is that is such a weird thing that went on, but it, it, I guess it just goes to show, like when you're in, you know, your military goes to this different country that obviously runs way different than our country does. It's like you've got to work with the powers that be in some way, even if it goes against, you know, the overall theme and morals of what goes on in your country. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing all these mansions being built and, you know, as the war progressed, there's all these mansions being built and obviously that's from heroin money. Well, or it's from, we were paying a lot for Intel there too. Mm. I mean, I you know, I'd heard stories of people, I used to work at this, uh, what was it, like a cell phone company. And the guy that was doing the training program um, used to be in the military. And he used to talk about just driving around in these Humvees with suitcases of cash. Wow. And basically, he'd just be told to go with a convoy and show up somewhere and pay somebody. You know, it's not like they're writing this stuff down. It's just like, here's your hundred grand. Thanks for the intel. Keep wow. it coming. Well, it would make sense then when he, when Jason talks about the each kind of house being its own fortress, mm-hmm. and he's telling his buddy there how you know his neighbor has his keys, and the man was just really confused. Like, did he steal everything from you? And right. Jason had to explain to this guy in Afghanistan, no, dude. In in America, we just trust our neighbors and we leave things unlocked, uh-huh. you know, and maybe not in all spots in the States. Obviously some are different than others. Yeah, I but didn't... most of us have lived in a place at least once that was a lot like that, you know, like the yeah. little villages I lived in in England, that wouldn't be unusual. No. It's just like, yeah, you just leave your key under a stone. Most people know where it is. I mean, you know, everybody in the village. Yeah. It's, it's kind of how it goes, but obviously you can't do it there. People come over and steal all your shit. Yeah. How how cool is that when he's talking about the buying a boat, right? He ends up buying a sailboat. Mm-hmm. And he, I had read that book or started to read that book. I actually found that book at a garage sale about that guy, Robin, who, uh-huh. who sailed um, by himself. And then he met that Patty woman that he had mentioned as well. And now he's really good friends with both of them. But I think their book that he wrote, was it called Dove? I I can't remember. I have it written down somewhere, but they circumnavigated the globe on a boat. He was like 16 at the time, this guy Robin. That's nuts. Yeah, and the book that I have is from that point in his life where he was only 16. I think it's called like The Boy Who Sailed the World. Nice. And it came out you know, on National Geographic. They made a hard copy. It's not a very big book, but there's a ton of photos, and it's just, I mean, to see a 15- or 16-year-old kid circumnavigate the globe, it's just in- incredible. Yeah. And then he meets this woman, Patty, on the, you know, in on one of those islands that he was at. I can't remember which one, somewhere in, like, Philippines or who knows, and they end up getting married, and they're still together. Wow. And now, he, and now Jason Everman's friends with them. Yeah. And has asked him a bunch of questions about buying his boat, and now... You know, I think one of the main reasons he wanted to come on the podcast is to talk about his new trip that he's going on. Right. He's, he's trying to, he's doing a, um, what was it? They're they're doing a, what is that? A crowdfunding thing uh-huh. for, his, for his new trip. Yeah. And he's going, I think, without gas, right? Or they're using just the power of the wind to circumnavigate him and a, a few buddies. Man, how uh, fast can you go in just a sales boat? Don't know. Not that quick. I mean, there's got to be some days where there's just nothing going on, right? No wind. So you're yeah, just you're chilling. Just floating around. Ugh. 
It just sounds terrifying. <laughs> and think of all the shit that can go wrong, too. I mean, God bless them for doing it. I think that kind of adventure is awesome, but at the same time, it scares the shit out of me thinking. Oh, like, it's insane. Yeah. Super Nautiloid. Okay. Is what he was calling it. Nice. Super Nautiloid. They're doing a GoFundMe right now. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. crazy. Interesting fucking guy, man. It's it's if you ever wanted to do something like that, like that type of an adventure, you know, whether it's like sailboating around the world, a long ass hot air balloon, like is there any kind of whether you would do it or not, like a fantasy that kind of pulls you yeah. to it? I mean, one of our guys for one of our podcast shows is is cycling his bike from Mexico to Canada. Mm-hmm. He's doing it over the summer. On the CDT trail? Is that what he's, he's doing? Yeah, he's super pumped for this. And I, it always sounds cool, you know, like the Forrest Gump run across the country, but I'm just like, what? I don't know. What are you searching for? Well, What's going on there? The, the bike thing's crazy. I, I had a buddy who biked from Michigan to Seattle. Okay. This is like 10 years ago. And he ended up stopping in Bozeman, and he hung out here for a few days because it was so smoky. Mm-hmm. Right, it was in August, so there was just smoke everywhere. He was wearing a mask. I said, "Dude, just stay here, wait for the smoke to subside, and then get on your trip." Well, he ended up staying in Bozeman for about two months, yeah, and sleeping on my couch. And then he ended up moving here a few months later. And anyhow, I ended up meeting him in Seattle at the end of the trip, and we did a bike ride around the Hood Canal uh-huh. on the Olympic Peninsula, right? And it was it was awesome. It was amazing. I did a, a weekend trip. We biked maybe 60 miles a day. Wow. We biked up to Port Angeles and then went down and around the Hood Canal and the Olympic Peninsula. It was in- incredible. I spent a good bit but, of time in Port Angeles. That's a beautiful oh, it's place. Oh, it's such a cool little town. Yeah. And just remote and just wonderful spot. Some good but, hills for riding. Yeah, but I just can't imagine doing that every day. I mean, by day four, I was so freaking tired. I mean, we biked, you know, 50, 60 miles a day, and it's just, you're getting... You know, some of these roads don't have any shoulders and truckers are like beeping at you and pushing you off the road. And you've got, you know, I had a trailer with all my stuff and a backpack and a, you know, a tent and all the shit. I mean, you have to have a lot of stuff on you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun, heavy. It's hard work. I cannot imagine doing that day in, day out for that many months at a time. I think it's, it's like much. anything though. People get, you get used to it, right? You probably didn't train before that. No. You know, I'm sure our, our, Guy Sean from our podcast is going to be training before he heads out there. You, you know, you kind of get your body in shape for it. Yeah, and he's also young; he's in his twenties. Yeah, that helps. So that helps. You know, how old not... were you when you did the uh, Washington one? Probably twenty-eight. Oh, okay, still yeah. young though. It's like I think it was about thirteen, fourteen years ago, something like that. Yeah, and so I think it depends on your age. It, it to answer your question of like some ideas that I would want to do or things that I've thought about is, you know. Now that I have a son, it's different, but let's say taking my son to Mexico for two two or three months and just living down there and exploring, you know, the culture and, and getting him to speak Spanish, uh-huh. I think is amazing. Right. I think it needs to happen, especially in our world now that everybody's so, you know, it's it's the second biggest language in this country. And it probably, you know, soon enough, we're, white people in this country are going to be the immigrants, you know, and, well, I mean, we are immigrants technically, but, I know but what you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I've thought about that, you know, traveling maybe to Spain and bringing my son and just hanging out for a couple months and, you know, just exploring 
what's out there because you learn so much more from travel than you do from school. I mean, it's just, it's just, you just learn so much more about culture and it's just fun. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Um, yeah, you recently did some better help, right? How's that going? I did. The, it's going good now. The first person I chatted with was just not right for me. It just didn't, I wasn't jiving. And which, so, which happens, and, yeah. and they, they make it easy to switch through and get yeah. a new one. Yeah, so, I, so I, I did a little bit more research and looked through a little bit more of the specialists and therapists that they had, and I found one that I that suits me, and nice. it's great. It's, dude, it's cheap. I used the code, J-R-E-R, got 10% off. I think it's costing me like $47 a, a session, which okay. is so cheap compared to most, especially if you don't have insurance, right? It's nice and so easy because you just log on your computer. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, it's cool. And that brings me to my point about growth is the result of trauma. And that was mentioned several times. And anytime Jason left a band or had a breakup or was dealing with something really hard, he, he seemed to do really good at knowing how traumatic this, this event was in his life or these several events and pushed through and realized he needed to make a change. And, and without all of those traumatic events happening he wouldn't be the person he is today. And again, Rogan talks about this over and over and over. You're not going to get through life without these events, and you can either do something good about them and create a better life for yourself because of this shit that happens to you, or you can just be sulking and depressed. And granted, we're all going to get there, right? It's going to be depressing. It's going to be hard. Yeah. But that's the point. That's how you grow. And it's okay if the trauma is too much right now for you to deal with. Yeah. But... In time and with help and adjusting maybe your attitude towards what it was. The hard part is finding out what the growth is in the trauma itself. Mm. That's what's difficult because all you do at first is just see it as something that fucked your life up. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe for that moment it did. But once you sit back and kind of, you know take a look at everything that's happened even if it's really bad you know like an accident where you lose an arm or something that is really destabilizing yeah you find a path often out of it that's like wow this i wouldn't have had this opportunity if this didn't come up yeah like we don't always know what's best for ourselves i we think we do we often count on it we like need it we're like ah if only this would happen to me if i would get this job or go to this school or get this promotion and oftentimes something else happens it seems disappointing and it leads in a whole different direction i can't tell you how many times that's happened to me well we just talked about that in our trip to austin you were saying how you were real close to getting a job at the comedy store once had had you gotten that job you probably wouldn't be sitting down with me right now talking. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have moved to Bozeman. Yeah. I mean, a lot of weird. things wouldn't have changed. You wouldn't have met your lady. Yep. You know? Yeah. You never know. You never know. And, All right. Well, that, uh, that uh, one more blah, thing blah, here. Blah, 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 blah. Thoreau, right? Henry Dave. Old Henry David Thoreau. Mm-hmm. Most men live lives in quiet desperation. How true is that? It's such a good quote. And you don't want to live in quiet desperation. None of us do. But I think most of us do. Yeah. That's the sad part. And remembering that, that we don't have to live in quiet desperation. We can get help. We can look to others. We can try harder. We can. You just have to push through it. 
Yeah. Or else you are going to live a life of quiet desperation, and no, nobody wants that. No. I mean, Thoreau might have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's why it helped him come up with great quotes. Yeah. So. All right. Let's jump over to Sam Talent. Funny dude. Um, they they covered the Dalai Lama sucks a kid's tongue video. Obviously, everyone's <laughs> heard of this now. I still haven't watched it. I don't want to. But what the heck is going on there? Has there been any pushback? Is he like banned from hanging out with kids now? Or I don't know. Did I, they just I didn't blow watch, it off? I didn't watch the video. Just heard about it. I know that sticking your tongue out is a thing that they do. I didn't the licking the tongue and or whatever is a much different thing. But in the culture, yeah. The sticking your tongue out is actually a, I think, a positive thing, right? Okay. I don't. I don't know that. I'll look it up. You keep that. Talking. That one could be that, but like, I don't. I I feel like sucking a tongue, especially of a child. It's, oh, it's seems weird. like a COVID violation. <laughs> <laughs> they started this podcast off with a really cool video uh, from Bill Burr. It's on um, the comedy store oh i mean the mothership um website um okay so real quick i looked this up so it says excuse me sticking out one's tongue is a sign of respect or agreement and was often used as a greeting in traditional tibetan culture well there we go so sucking the tongue not cool too far sticking out the tongue fine it's funny maybe he just added to it nice little greeting yeah slow down that dolly (laughs) well i know uh rogan played the Bilba clip on his pod, but I loved it a lot, and I wanted to play it again. I think it's such an important message for anybody out there that's trying to do something difficult and to believe in it, so we're going to play some of that right now. There's no way you lose when you go after a dream. You don't. It always leads to something better. Always. All right? Starving artist. I slept on a futon until I was 36. I don't fucking regret any of it. I was dating this woman... And I said I had a spot I had to go do, and it paid $8 at the comic strip during the week. Tuesday night, I went down there, and I came back. I tried out a new bit, and I was doing a... And afterwards, I was at home in my apartment, and I was doing this silly dance in the kitchen because I had a new bit, and I was psyched because I had gone through this period where I wasn't coming up with any new material. And she was laughing, and then she got a sad look on her face, and I said, what's the matter? And she said, I wish I had a job where I only got paid $8, yet I came home and I did a silly dance in the kitchen. The responsible thing to do is to listen to your heart. It wasn't hard to work at the shitty job because I was always thinking about the exciting job I was going to do afterwards. And every night that I just went up on stage and if it just went moderately okay, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe... I have to be honest with you, like... I, I, I couldn't fucking believe that I was actually doing it, that I was actually, I had a dream and I was making it happen. And I still remember the first time I really went on stage and I actually got in the zone for what was considered a zone at the level comic I was. And I only was in the zone for about eight seconds. Um, I was at Nick's Comedy Stop in Framingham on Route 9, it doesn't even exist anymore. And um, I just got on this roll of laughter that I was actually able to pause and fucking be in the moment and enjoy it rather than being like, oh my God, what's my next joke? What's my next joke? And um, 
That fucking feeling can carry you through a fucking shitty job for a week. Freddie Stone, excitable boy. That's what he went by. I did a room for him and he gave me $5 gas money. I probably spent 10 to get there and I couldn't fucking believe it. And I was like, I did that and they gave me this. I couldn't fucking believe it. At what point, just listen to the sound of my voice as I'm talking about this. Have you ever had that level of excitement doing any other fucking job? That's what it's like when you're, you, you go after uh, a dream job. So nothing, nothing is worse than not going after it. Financially, I did not. There you go, folks. That's just such an important message for people that are trying to follow it. And it doesn't matter what the dream is. Something hard, something scary, you're leaning towards it. It just feels right. You wish you could do it. And yeah. Let's get pumped up. Yeah. I'm feeling Be pumped. In. Feeling pumped. Man, how good is Bill Burr and his rants? Nobody does it better. He's great. So good. That's one of the best, like, inspirational things. You know, I, I it's the type of thing that if you're doing something difficult and you're struggling to kind of pick yourself up and keep going – Maybe it's just a day where you're like, ah, one of those days, and you'll get them when you're in that time of your life where you just want to quit. Put that fucking video on. There you go. It's all online. Get it. Definitely put on some of that piano background, too, because that helps. I know. (laughs) You just want to cry. You're like, (laughs) so good. So are they going to buy Epstein's Island or I don't know. I hope not. But bunch of bunch of tiny graves next to the tennis court. Oh, what they God. say? They saw it on Google. Like they're they're like freaking. Jesus. Who knows? I I didn't check it out on Google. But they got to blow that island up. Surely. What it's, a scary place! But podcast island. That was cracking me up. Oh. What about those thirty wasps too? They showed that video of thirty wasps taking over thirty thousand honeybees. That was crazy. They're just grabbing the babies, and the wasps are just taking over that entire freaking, uh, you know, home. Oh, yeah. The wasps that, and hornets will wreck beehives. It's unreal how yeah. fast. Dude. Nature. Nature at work. Hmm. <sighs> yeah. Well, Kid Rock's upset about the Bud Light thing. Yeah, I don't really understand that. Who cares? It seems like... A lot to get upset about. It's just another thing that people are obsessing over when there's a war going on, when you know our government is stealing money and doing whatever the hell they want, and they just want to keep us preoccupied with dumb stuff that we can fight about. It seems like a big distraction. It's a huge distraction. It's like, look over here. This is important. Exactly. It doesn't seem important to me. And now they're, you know, now they're coming out with all... I mean, they talked about this at the end of the pod, but... Or maybe this was with Ottoman, actually. We'll get to that with Ottoman. But remind me that, you know, all this stuff is coming out, this declassified stuff about aliens right now. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to get that for sure. Um, But, yeah, the stupidest thing is that their conversation about Bud Light will be in the news, which it was. It's been in the news. Everyone's been talking about it. All the comedians are talking about it. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's this huge thing. Who cares? It's so silly. Yeah. I, just, I mean, look, cares? at the end of the day, it's it's all business, right? So if it doesn't work for Bud Light, they're going to change it and get someone else. Well, and also, everyone, you know, on the left is typically pro-life, right? Or excuse me, pro, pro-choice. pro Yeah. You got a lot, most people on the right are pro-life. But then they're all about the First Amendment and, you know, why are they about freedom with that, but they're not about sexual freedom? It just doesn't make sense. It's the same damn thing. 
Yeah, I'd like to be in the freedom for freedom party. Yeah, why not sexual freedom? freedom? Why not sexual freedom? Yeah. If you can say what you want, why can't you do what you want? 100%. It just it just doesn't it doesn't match up. People like to get worked up though. And well, and they want us to get worked up, right? They definitely do. That's why they're trying to keep keep us fighting uh over this silly stuff so that they can turn around and and central have centralized digital currency, you mm. know, all, doing all this stuff behind our backs. It's like the Patriot Act has completely fucked us and our privacy, but because it was a war crime when it mm-hmm. happened, everyone was looked the other way and said, oh, yeah, we got to keep stuff safe. And now look what's happening. Everyone knows everything about us, and all they need is your phone number. Yep. And you're, you're done. I they, mean, get, they get it all. So it's, well, it's you just can, crazy. You can hand scan print at um, Whole Foods now. Yeah. Just put your hand over the thing and it, Freaky. you buy stuff. Freaky. They're talking about getting rid of cash, like, altogether, so that every transaction that anyone can be has tracked. can be tracked. Yeah, that's a bad idea. It's, like, already at most government places, you know, like, you go to a national park or, like, anywhere where you would pay and it's through the government, you can't use cash anymore. It's all debit card, credit card. Transactions, they can track. Sneaky shit, dude. I mean, I do appreciate being able to track everything myself via a card only because it helps me with my taxes. I don't have to save a bunch of receipts and all that. But then when, when the government could just turn your account on or off, depending on, you know, the social... Whether uh, you behave yourself yeah. or you're tweeting. What do they call that? Stuff. The social score? Social credit score, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is just... That is tyranny. Yeah. It's, it's Well, it's definitely communism. bad for us. Look at all the crazy shit we say on this podcast. They're going to downgrade our social credit score real quick. Yeah. Or maybe improve it. Depends who's in power. Hmm. We're going to find out. Well, China's going to get all our bank account numbers, but so is so are the, the people in, in charge here in the States. I know. How is it any different? Wait, let's put gold bars under our bed. Yeah. I can afford about four coins at this point. Well, what does it say? That it was, they were only 75 feet squared? Uh, tw- actual 22 gold? meters squared. Okay. Yeah. Which is a lot. I mean, that would be a giant block of gold. But to think that's all the gold ever mined, it doesn't seem like that much. I was surprised, too. I mean, Joe thought that was wild. I was like, hold on. Well, it's wild. It? It's wild. He talks about it that Zachari- Zachariah Sitchin was talking about that in the Sumerian text, too. That's, oh, yeah. That keeps coming up. Uh-huh. The 12th planet. Yeah. They came here to get the gold. Because they couldn't find it on their own planet? Is that the story? I kind of don't get it, though, because like if they're like a space-traveling alien race, they would have massive power sources, and they should be able to make their own gold. Because there is a process for it. It just takes a lot of power. So if they wanted gold that bad, or maybe it was just easier just to fly down here and have us monkeys dig it out of the ground for them. And then they're like, all right, we'll make you a little bit smarter, but not too smart. I need to read that book. Yeah. Fun times. Let's jump over to Bill Ottoman. Ottoman. Yeah, and to to just to bring up the central or decentralized, right? Yeah, decentralized social media. Social media, which is a great idea. Mines. I hope it catches on. I, I haven't even looked at it. And then, what is Noster? Is that just another decentralized app? Because they mentioned that Snowden uses that. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Snowden likes those. So essentially, it's just a way to cover up your IP address when you're searching for stuff and when you're on social media. Right. You're not getting... And it's not going to kick you off. There's no, like, banning going on. So there's probably some wild shit being said, but that's what's going to happen when there's no rules. 
it's like you still get to choose what you're what you're looking at. What did you think Elon won't let uh, Alex Jones back on? He did let Andrew Tate, but not um, Alex Jones. I don't have an opinion either way. I feel like voices are voices, and um, you know, well, it's hard I, to say. Look. It- if we're going to talk about Elon for a second, I have a few things because this week, this last week has been crazy what he's done. I mean, he kicked Taibi off. He started talking shit about Substack, which sucks, and I don't appreciate that. He's probably going to end up buying Substack. They talked about that. He's actually removed the restrictions on the Substack through Twitter. So okay. I don't know the ins and outs of it all, but but it's, right. it's trending like it always had. Well, so maybe that-, that was just a bit of a bit of a game he was playing. Maybe, maybe. But it 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 makes me second guess his intentions for buying Twitter. Mm. You know, you look at all the big boys and well, I think they're all men who are the richest people in the world as of now. Um hopefully that changes, but I think, you know, the Washington Post is owned by Amazon or by what's his name? The guy who owns Amazon. Jeff Bozo. Thank you. Jeff Bezos. Sorry, my bad. Or Bozos. And then you got Rupert Murdoch, who yep. owns several other media companies. Everything I mean, else. If you look if you look at history, right, all of the most powerful men in the world have always owned the conversation and the narrative, right? Mm. They've either owned the printing presses, the newspapers, all of that. Throughout history, if you look th- if you look. And it's still happening to this day. And now you have someone like Elon, who, richest man in the world, right? Yeah. Now owns the biggest narrative on the planet. Yeah. Well, he might be and like so, the second richest now, but so still it, pretty rich. But, but if you think about that, there, there's, a, there's a power play here. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's a little bit disheartening. I, I still like Elon, but I don't, I don't know if I like what's happening. You know, I don't like what's happening with Taibi and him. And and I don't know if he was telling him what to say or do. I don't know if he's hiding stuff now from the Twitter files. I, I guess I'm I'm losing trust in his uh I'm losing trust in his I guess his power moves that he's doing, right? I yeah. don't know if they're I don't know if they're just because he wants freedom of speech, which is kind of what he was playing with, right? And saying I just want to I just want to be a part of freedom of speech. But I, mm-hmm. I think we're going to need to see what plays out here. Well, it's certainly a lot better than it was. And that's something that I think people shouldn't lose sight of. You know, it's Well, there's it's goods a, and bads, right? It's a different playground. Yeah. So what's happened is there's been a huge improvement in um, overall freedom of speech on that platform. Mm-hmm. People that were being deplatformed are back on. And, you know, and then he's playing with a few things here and there. For good or bad, it's significant drop. In the fuckery. I mean, he's got rid of so many of the bots. There's Jordan Peterson talked about it. There's been a huge reduction in uh, the child sex trafficking shit that was going on on Twitter that was hard to monitor. And Elon came in and just closed that down. I mean, yeah. doesn't get credit for that. That's a huge fucking deal, people. Like, yeah. child abuse is a huge problem. Absolutely. And 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 seeing this this California law, this social media law, censorship law, I mean, that kind of stuff is terrifying to think that now state by state can control things. I mean, this just happened with TikTok in Montana. Yeah, a that's bill right. Passed. You cannot use TikTok in Montana anymore. Could we not download it on our phone? I'd never tried because I don't want to be on it. But how would it know? I'll have to ask. I'll have to ask some people that are on TikTok if it's gone through yet. I don't think the bill has actually gone through yet. I think it did pass. Yeah, 
And so I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you control people's phones, but that's fucked up. Huh. That's it fucked up. It's kind of wild. You should be able to do whatever you want with, with your phone. Yeah. Okay? Uh, you should be able to look at whatever you want. It's just, it's a scary thought to see these things happening because once they start happening, it's like with the Patriot Act, once they start looking at all your shit, they're looking at everybody's stuff. They're and hard to undo. You can't undo sure. it. You can't That's undo a problem. it. Did you watch the Elon Musk interview, the BBC interview? No. So that was interesting because it was a kind of unplanned. I guess he was in, I think he was in London for something. And uh, they set up this interview. And it was one of those gotcha interviews where the guy was like, well, what about misinformation and what about these different things? And Elon just calmly just turned it back to him and he's like, what about BBC misinformation? Hmm. Have you guys ever changed your tune on anything? Of course you have. Right. I mean, it's an ever-evolving uh, process. And it made the guy at the BBC, I mean, he definitely got flustered. He wanted to skip over some things. Elon really held his feet to the fire. It was a good interview. And I think it highlights the kind of bullshit attacks that are coming his way, you know, all the time. It's just, it seems like media loves to just single someone out and throw shit at them and paint them in whatever light they want, right? Whereas think of all the things, say, CNN has done with over COVID, attacking Rogan, mm -hmm. all the dumb shit that they've done. But they, they're not one guy. If it was just one guy at CNN then they could, we could all do the same thing these news agencies do to individuals. Mm -hmm. Just point to him and say, he said this, he's wrong. Well, we can say CNN did this, they're wrong, but they just move on like it didn't even happen. They never take any responsibility for it, and then it's just like, yep, okay. Well, the pipeline is a per perfect example. This pipeline that, was, that exploded... Blew up. Says, you know, who was the... Uh, excuse me, who was the... Gentleman who brought that to light, who is now, you know, not getting any any sort of uh, playtime on any of the networks, whether it's Fox or CNN, and everyone's just dismissing this, and it's a huge story. I mean, basically, what he's saying is we did that on purpose, and we are now at war on purpose. Which, if you look at history, this is always what happens. We pretend that it's a different reason we're at war, but really, we you know we want the control, and we do things like blow up pipelines to you know <coughs> get oil <coughs> right so always so it's it's just frustrating and the, you know the positive flip on this right and i think mm -hmm. that the positive flip if we want to talk about the cool things that are happening we've got rumble we've got things like mines we've got things like noster we have new information coming out Podcasts. That can't really be stopped. Nope. At least not yet. Yeah. At least not yet. They're trying, but I love the fact that we are kind of moving over. I would love Rumble to get a, a decent chunk of the market share that YouTube has, just so YouTube then has to compete with it. Right now, YouTube hasn't really had to compete with anybody. Mm. And if they have a competitor that's more free and competition open, helps and people are jumping over competition is always good. That's how yeah. good capitalism runs. It's only when you get these monopolies that things get really squirrely. And I think that's what we've seen with social media, too. In a way, it was monopolies. You know, there was just a few co companies and they were kind yeah. of on the same page. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my, my brother. So I'll just. Uh, uh, story real quick about Facebook and, and remind me of how what a monopoly it is. Uh-huh. 
my brother's account got hacked into, and there was ISIS ads happening on his business page oh, on Jesus. Facebook. And for like two weeks, money was getting stolen from his account, right? Because it's linked to your PayPal, right? And he was, and they they ended up spending like nine hundred and some dollars on ads for ISIS, and he was locked out of his account. It 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 locked him out of his Instagram as well. And he was unable to talk to a real human for like a week and a half. Yeah. He finally got somebody to like, you know, I don't know if they picked up the phone or if it was through email, but essentially with a week and a half, it looked like he was a terrorist and there was nothing he could do about it. He said he was on the phone a ton and it was just, he was just speaking with, you know, AI bots and, you know, random fake people like yeah. you do when you call a bank or whatever. Uh-huh. And it's just scary because there's no other options out there, but there's starting to be these other options that I think really need to, you know, we need to get more support for them because things like Facebook, are, they're controlling the algorithms. And now if you don't spend money on an ad, your shit's not going to get seen. Well, people have the whole lives connected up with it their entire businesses just yeah. think about it it's it, crazy thank god he worked for himself and not some corporation that's pretty woke because they would have seen that and they would have been like you're out yeah even if he's like dude i didn't do this i got hacked it's just quicker to remove him. scary stuff yeah i mean look joe brings up ai he talks about the joe rogan ai experience which now has two episodes uh, talking to the chat GPT guy, Sam, oh, yeah. what's that. his name? Sam, someone? The guy who owns chat GPT, yeah, yep. Sam and then, No, something. The, anyway, sure. we'll figure it out. And the second episode is um, uh, Donald Trump. And it's clunky, you know? I mean, it, they, it sounds like both of them, but they don't really say anything all that intriguing or very funny. They're just kind of bullet-pointing stuff that they would talk about. But, but it's not going to be long mm. before that is pretty legit. And yeah. and I'm interested. I mean, Rogan is always pretty chill with stuff like that. There's so many um, online, uh, you know, YouTube video clip people that have hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And all they do is they just take clips of Joe's show. Maybe they splice them together. Maybe they make funny videos. You know, he doesn't seem too bothered about that. I don't think he likes the clip shows too, too much, um, only because they have the potential to, like... Um, paint him in a bad light. Yeah, because they can chop it up and re repost things that are maybe that weren't said correctly. Exactly. Kind of like those funny ones they do where they went like him and Dr. Phil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they like great. hate each other or they want to kill each other. I think those ones, though, they're so clearly satire. They're yeah. so clearly comedy that Joe probably finds those funny. I mean, Aries reposted a few of those because they're yeah. pretty good. Um, but, you know, there's a danger in this. And ultimately, I don't know where Joe will go with that. I think that it's his voice and he's talking to people. I mean, it it depends how they define the narrative yeah, and of how, those conversations. How will you prove whether you said it or not? Because it does sound like him. I that first episode and it was Sam Altman who is the right, current, Sam Altman, of current CEO of ChatGPT. And now I had never heard Sam talk. So when you hear Sam talk as a as a AI I wouldn't know the difference. Dude, I heard him on Lex. Wouldn't and he, know the difference. He sounds exactly like that. Rogan was different because we've heard a lot more of right, Rogan. that's what I'm saying. And, and he has kind of a more fluid podcasting voice, and he's often bringing about jokes and doing different things. But honestly, if 
if this was six months ago before we knew about any of this technology, I would assume that that's true. Right. You would just think it was kind of a clunky conversation, but otherwise I'd be like, yeah, straight up, that's what he sounds yeah, like. Yeah, because the emo- it's hard to get emotion, right? It was just like question, answer, question, answer. Mm-hmm. You're not laughing. You're not, at least not yet. Yeah. And that's the scary thing. It because won't be this long. is just the beginning. And he may he may have to find a way to close that down. I you mean, would think. I mean, you would think there's going to be some new laws that say, hey, you know, because it could be used as slander towards him. And then how do you prove that whether you said it or not? Well, the worst part is look at how lazy reporting is these days. Of course. There's no investigative journalism almost at all. If some news um, site gets a hold of a clip that is an AI of Rogan talking about something and one of them thinks that it's you know valid enough, mm-hmm. they put it online or they put it on their show and – what all news agencies do is just kind of like re just reprocess news that's out there. And now all of a sudden it's on four or five shows. How long before he gets ahead of it? And he's like, no, I didn't say any of that. That's right. all bullshit. Right. Uh, I want to bring back the pipeline thing because it was Seymour Hearst, who is an absolute legend in the journalism world. Right. Yeah. Right? And, you know, he's been around since the late 60s, established himself as one of America's most courageous investigative journalists. And now he's coming out saying that we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. And you're not hearing about this on any other news source other than like Substack right now. Right. And it's it's scary. Why can't we talk about that? Why? Why is they don't want to? That doesn't that's not clickbait. That's not good clickbait. That's not good. for War is good for profits. We want to be at war. If our government, and, and not only our government, but all these very, very rich human beings are controlling the narrative on you know, these publications that they own, why would they want to tell the truth? They want to control the narrative. And the narrative cannot be controlled with truth. Mm. Right? Yeah. It's scary. And and the thing is, this has always been happening, right? This has always happened. Yeah, but this now, isn't new. But now with social media, and we've had a lot of practice, so we're really good at this. We're just, we're just trying to figure things out and figure out what's true and what's not, and it's going to be a long, hard road. Because well, the irony is, the government makes the laws, right? And yeah. they tell us how to behave because if we break the laws, we got to go to jail, and then they do shit like this. It just seems like bad parenting. Do as I say, not as I do. And it, it just makes it so difficult to trust in what they're doing. It's like, wait, are they on our side or are they just against us? Well, since the appearance of this story, it says that the Kremlin has appealed for an international investigation into the attack while Washington has dismissed the narrative as utterly false and complete fiction. Now, well, if that's the go. case, cool. Let's do an investigation. Right. There's no harm in it, right? If we're completely innocent. Right. Seems suspicious. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy. And then what did, what did you think? I think we should bring up the, um, the what's the thing that's going to go in your, in your brain? A Neuralink. Neuralink. Yeah. Because that was an interesting point, and they went on about it for a while, uh, Ottoman and Rogan, about how it's kind of like your phone, right? When everyone didn't have phones, it, you didn't, you, we weren't thinking, oh, everyone's going to have a phone in their hand 24-7 and constantly be looking at it. No one thought that that was going to happen. No one. Now think about Neuralink. And I, I was kind of agreeing with Rogan on this one. Once people start doing it, 
and all of a sudden now we don't need our phones in our hands. They're already in our brains. Yeah. People are going to do it, or else you're just going to be really dumb. You'll be left behind. You're going to be left you behind. you just be lost. So we're going to be robots soon. Dude, think about your one friend that has a flip phone. It's yeah. like hard to organize anything with him. He like doesn't know. He's not on the group chat. He shows up late to the events. He didn't hear about. Yeah, you that know, was me in the past. Yeah, he yeah. he didn't hear about any of the uh, appointments no. that we had. Yeah, the pigeon was late for the to to give him the message. That's it. I mean, it's it's just hard to organize your time that way. And then you know, imagine you got a flip phone. You can't even go to a fucking restaurant anymore. You won't get the menu. Yeah, they're right. like just scan your thing. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can't. Well, things change so quickly. Yeah. You know, 10 years ago, nobody was looking at their phones like we are now. Yeah. Or imagine trying to hold a conversation. You got four people in the group. They've all neuralinked up. Me and you are back and forth just like this. I mean, we've looked up some names on our phones during yeah. this podcast because right. we forgot. And it, like, now it would just be instant. It'd be instant. So it sounds like everyone's a genius, and you're the one guy in the group like trying to pull your points together, and they're just like, what? No, you That's would literally dumb. have to hang out with people who don't have the Neuralink installed. Yeah, you'd be or the else idiot. You'd just be the dumbass. Yeah. That's crazy. Let's jump, finish up with Jeremy Corbell on the pod, Tex Rogan, and said uh, the government has UFOs. He spoke to somebody high up in the government, yep. and they're reverse engineering it. Yeah, it just came out. What? Holy shit. Yeah, and well, and now whistleblowers cannot get in trouble according to this new law. Ottoman spoke of this new law where whistleblowers, if it, if it's just about uh, concealing evidence about UFOs specifically, uh-huh. they are now allowed to come out and talk about it without getting punished, without you know getting sent to Russia like that's amazing, you know, or Snowden. Argentina like uh, yep. Who's the other guy? Um, Wiki, oh, he's Wiki, a, WikiLeaks. Yeah, he's at the Ecuadorian Ecuador okay. um, embassy in London, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damn. Dude. So, yeah, it's coming. Well, here's what gets me is Jeremy's heard that there are high-definition, close-up pictures and footage that the government has. You'd imagine they would. So instead of all this, like, scrambly shit that we get, mm-hmm. this, like, really zoomed-in blobby, blurry images. There's like real good ones. How long until one of those pitches comes out? And how much of a game changer is well, that this, gonna be? So this actually came out now. So when he was when they were on the pod, Nobel had known about it already, and this just came out yesterday. Pentagon director reveals new footage of unidentified flying object, and it is in high resolution. And you can watch it? Yeah, new F new UFO video released one day ago. Oh shit. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Here we go, boys and girls. We are on the precedence of something very strange, whether it's AI or aliens or both. Alien AI. Here we go. Let's get Nobel back on. And let's get... Uh, Corbell. Corbell, sorry. Corbell and uh, what's his name? The dude from the 80s who, who spoke of this. Bob Lazar. Lazar, thank you. Lazar yep. needs to come out now that there's this new bill that has passed that you cannot, uh, you can't, put whistleblowers in jail if they're yeah. talking about UFOs. Well, so. he's already said everything, but I think he does have some more he's that he hasn't have talked more. about. He's got to have more. Because he he talked to Rogan afterwards about some things, and I would love to know what that is. Mm. So a Bob Lazar 2 would be an amazing podcast. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, go to Austin. Check out the Comedy Mothership. It is the best. We love you. Talk to you next week. Later. <laughs>